Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, everybody. Welcome. Uh, welcome to another episode of Private Education, the Smart Sex and Relationships podcast. I am Ashton Keenan and I host this thing and I'm going to try my very best to sound at least like I'm in good form today. I really am not And uh, it's it's down to I'm actually I'm by myself today because I unfortunately had a, a very last minute guest cancellation. Not a big deal, but didn't help my mood. And I'm doing my period tomorrow. You know, one of those weeks, me and Cassie were just talking about it there. It's just one of those weeks where everything's going wrong. Everything's pissing me off. That's what I'm, that's the week I'm living at the moment. Um, I'm probably, I, I'd like to say I'll stop moaning now and get on with the episode, but that's probably not going to happen. I'll probably moan throughout. So hope, hope you're not hoping for like a nice uplifting four o'clock Friday podcast situation because that's not what's going to happen. Um, I want to say this at the start, actually, um, instead of at the end where I usually say it. So because my my fear is that people who like the podcast and I know there's so many of you and I'm so grateful, but people who like the podcast, you might, you know, it gets to the end of the chat at the end of the episode and you're like, OK, see you next week. And you click off and get back to living your life before I make my appeal, um, my my weekly appeal for shares and likes and comments and that kind of thing. Um, and as much as I absolutely feckin' hate doing it um, it's really helpful for any podcast particularly in, like when everyone now has podcasts it's really helpful for any podcast to get um, talked about on social media to get shared uh, to get reviews on iTunes I know you can't review on Spotify um, I wish they'd put that feckin' you know ability in but they haven't yet um, but yeah any support that you can give big or small for the podcast would be really appreciate it um, and like I, I say that for me but I also say it for anybody else creating content online and not getting um, properly paid or recognised for um, this is probably a shade of my bad mood coming out in my begging for likes and, and shares um, but yeah I just said I'd say it at the start because sometimes it might get lost at the end when you're just like okay I've enjoyed that episode but now I have to get back to collecting my kids or doing whatever um, this is, I think it's the 26th episode. I always get the number wrong because I'm thick, but, um, and I'm terrible with numbers. Um, but we've had, I think maybe this weekend we'll, we'll hit 200,000 listens or downloads or whatever you want to call it. And I'm absolutely blown away by that number. Um, and eternally grateful to every single person who's listened or told their friends and I know there's so many of you who've already left reviews and who've already left comments and sent me direct messages on private education um, podcast on Instagram and stuff and so I'm really really grateful for that and I can't believe that you know over a relatively short amount of time uh, I've had that much support from people who've listened so thank you so much for that. Um, 
I don't know if I'm going to be able to talk for, I don't think I'll be able to talk for a solid hour uh, nonstop. Like I can actually, I can almost hear my friend's eyes rolling around Dublin because they know I can. <laughs> but um, I don't know. I actually don't know how Blind Boy does it because he does that every episode. And I mean, he has a lot of, I feel like that's a man who has a lot to say and a lot of thoughts. And I think I have staggeringly less to say. But anyway, um, during the week, what was going to happen today was an Agony Ant episode with my guests. So I'm just going to do that anyway and just be the Agony Ant. And I'm not qualified. And this is coming from a place of no, I have no degrees in anything um, apart from journalism, which will not help your sex and relationship issue. But I do have some experience in listening to experts and, you know, writing things for various newspapers and magazines and stuff. So I'll, I'll use, I'll draw from all of my experience and all of my lived experience as well to try and help with some of these questions that you guys have messaged into me. Um, so we'll start off with, you see, now if this was a radio show, right, I'd be able to go, we'll take a bit of music here and then I'd be able to like gather myself and launch into the first question. But it's not a radio show, so we can't take a bit of music because somebody would sue us. Oh, actually, do you know what I saw or, or heard or something on, on, online the other day before I start? Um, I saw a thing saying, and I thought it was very clever. A guy was like, in future, if ever you're making a sex tape, um and you don't want it to be leaked online or you don't want it to get spread around the internet, play a Disney song in the background because if it does get leaked online, the Disney lawyers will have it taken down from everywhere immediately. And I just thought, well, that is genius because, you know, if you are making a sex tape and somebody t- tries to like revenge porn you, Disney music in the background is going to stop that from happening because they're going to be like, that song is going to get taken down immediately, if not sooner. Um, so that's a little tip now for for this weekend's merriment as you go off and make sex tapes um, tapes by the way it's, it's not a tape anymore at all so question one um, again as usual it's anonymous I'm not going to um, read anybody's name so high private education this is so random sorry I'm going to have to this is so random I'm scarlet even, ask, even asking but my mood seems to completely to be completely reliant on my boyfriend I'm 33 we're together seven years and if he's in bad form, I am too. I hate that because it's affecting my two kids. I get cranky with them. Am I the only one? Any help would be really appreciated. Um, that's an interesting one. And I don't know, to be honest. Like, I, I, pres- I mean, you're definitely not alone because I know anytime you're in a partnership, whether that's um, your marriage, whether it's your you and your closest colleague you and your boss um, you and your best friend like you absolutely feed off other people's moods like you completely do and like I, I can almost feel the rage emanating off Cassie in the corner because I'm in such bad form it's definitely rubbing off on her um, but yeah I don't think you're alone I think everyone feeds off everyone else's moods like it's obviously become a bit of a bigger issue for you because you know you're it, it's affecting you enough that you're getting cranky with your kids as you said um, and I think w- the, one of the things that I would look at, because this has definitely happened to me before, like there's been times where, you know, I've been in a relationship where my other half will be in bad form or be, you know, just being pissy with me for what I perceive as no reason and, and not really. I think the thing is not really understanding why they're annoyed. And I think that's probably a good place to start. So if you can ascertain why your other half is in bad form and 
whether that's asking them or looking at what else they have going on in their life. And, you know, if it's, you know, it could be that they're annoyed with you and that's what's making you feel, um, kind of feel the brunt of it. But figure out what it is that they're annoyed about. And it, if, it, if it is about you or you suspect it might be about you, you could probably speak to them about that and address it and say, look, I get the feeling that you're annoyed at me and it's really, you know, it's really upsetting me and I don't want you to feel this way. So can we talk and can we discuss it? But if it's not necessarily about you, um, you know, there might not necessarily be anything you can do to fix that mood and therefore fix your own mood. But what I would say is, um, what's your one's name? Brene? Is that how you pronounce it? Brene Brown? She's like a famous, you know, girl who knows things she's not a girl she's a woman anyway she's on Netflix and like she's made it Oprah she's one of these like I think she might be a psychologist or something super qualified like did a TED talk the whole lot anyway she said something I was looking at something she I was on might have been might have been the Netflix thing anyway she said something like your internal dialogue or the story that you tell yourself is completely different sometimes from what's actually going on in the present so say I don't know say your partner comes in and they're slamming dishes around and they're slamming the dishwasher door and they're you know not answering their phone or they're doing whatever and they're in in obviously bad form like depending on your mental state you might think oh shit what have I done like why is this happening why are they in bad form how is this going to impact me I've obviously done xyz and then all of a sudden you've wound yourself up so much that you know your your mood is affected and you're you're also cranky and then what happens is you try and speak to each other and you've told yourself a story about why the part your partner's annoyed and then they might not be aware of that story at all and they might be annoyed about something completely separate from you like work or you know other you know whatever it is so i think Brene i, I get i i think the the crux of what she was saying was that you know don't immediately construct this tale in your head about what's going on try and actually figure out what's going on by communicating like don't just stay quiet and assume that you know whatever the bad mood is is to do with you and then you get in bad form and then there's a knock-on effect around your family or your friends or your office or whatever the situation is and like you know this is it's not quite the same but I often found myself in the past when I was a bit younger if I was at work and my boss was in bad form and they were snapping at me, I would take that so personally. I would take take it so so much to heart that it would impinge, like it would it would make it harder for me to do my job. Like I'd be sitting there sweating at the at the computer, trying to do my job, trying to carry out tasks, trying to get my to do list down, and all I'd be thinking about is what have I done on her? What have I you know? Is she annoyed at me for this? Is she annoyed at me for this? And I make a a complete dialogue up in my head about how I was shit at my job and how she was probably going to fire me and then she'd say to me hey can we go down to the boardroom for a second and I'd go oh my god this is it I'm going to get sacked and we'd go down and she'd say had this really exciting project I think you'd be brilliant for and I'd be like oh so I'm not getting sacked that was just me telling myself a completely different story from the one that's existing in reality so that situation while not exactly the same as in in your relationship or whatever is kind of relevant because what you tell yourself might not be the reality at all and so if the reason that your partner's mood or your is it husband 
oh boyfriend sorry your boyfriend's mood is affecting you so much might be based on what you're telling yourself and that's not to say that you have to be completely insensitive and go yep that's probably not about me it's probably fine like you know speak to them and say is everything okay and are we okay and you know um up to a point and actually that that point I don't know where that point is because um I know for me and my husband he will kill me for saying this but oftentimes if I'm a bit what will we say emotional hormonal basically exactly how I am this week due my period in a couple of days and absolutely ready to cry or stab someone at any given moment um if I if I feel if I get the vibe that he's off with me and I use off in inverted commas um I'll I'll keep saying is everything okay are you okay are we okay are you okay am I, is did anything happen did I do that you know and I'll ask him and ask him and ask him and ask him and he'll he'll get annoyed at me asking is he okay he'll be like why do you keep asking me that I'm fine and then I'll be like he hates me he's kind of divorced me and I like turn away dramatically to the other side of the bed and I'll you know t- again fill my head full of absolute shite that's not actually happening anyway I went on a bit of a rant there sorry um but yeah so if if there's something that's if your mood is so closely related to your other half's mood you're going to need to get better at communicating about what that is about. So if it's something that you can control, if it's something that you've done that can be fixed or communicated or talked about, that then fine. And if not, you can at least go, you can take a breath and go, okay, his bad mood is nothing to do with me. And you can move on and, you know, be pleasant to your children. And and I, I mean, at the best of times, it's difficult to be pleasant to your children because they're probably wrecking your head sometimes and you just want to be like, would you ever go away? I'm in a bad, bad mood. Um, there's no escaping that as as a mother or a father. Um, but yeah, I hope me and my woefully misquoted Brene Brown or Brene Brown or whatever helped with that question. Um, I have another one here. Oh, so I asked as well. I got uh, uh, three or four questions about cheating or the issue of cheating. And so I asked, I have like three or four different questions, but they all essentially boil down to the same thing or the same issue, which is cheating and trust and rebuilding trust in, in a relationship. Um, and so I'd like to read some responses. I asked on Instagram at Private Education Podcast if you want to follow, if you're not already. I know you're not already actually because I have three and a half thousand followers and I've like heaps more people listening. So if you have a phone and even Instagram, go on and follow. Because um, there's always stuff there. Like you can, you can interact, you can, you know, ask questions or you can respond to questions or whatever. So if that interests you, go on and follow. But anyway, these, so I asked what constitutes cheating. And so I'll just read some of the responses because actually... The difference, I thought, I don't know, I just thought everyone would say the same thing because, I mean, for me, what constitutes cheating would be um, emotional, like obviously the physical thing. If if someone bones someone else, then that's an issue, that's cheating. But emotional cheating is a different, like I think there is such thing as emotional cheating and if, if your partner is having a connection with someone um, in a kind of flirty way or in a suggestive way or with any sort of intent then that could constitute cheating but anyway so what the responses say um so one here so i'm not going to read names again because people might not want their name right now so any type of sexual contact including texts or calls 
Um, even a few texts is enough for me. It shows intent and curiosity. And curiosity is an interesting one because, you know, like an an innocent response to something. Like say, I don't know, say someone attractive, an attractive guy puts up a picture of himself and you respond and say, you're looking well there or whatever. Your partner probably wouldn't be delighted that you're saying that to somebody, but you might not have any intention of that going anywhere. You might just be innocently flirting. Whereas if they write back and say, oh, thanks, you're not looking too bad yourself and you get a bit of a flutter from that and you think, oh, I'm going to engage in this conversation. I think there's a bit of a line there, you know, Um, and the curiosity aspect, like the, oh, does he fancy me? Oh my God, is is this, am I getting compliments here? Am I, is this, this is so flattering. That feels so good. Like, let's not deny it. That feels amazing. And everyone wants to feel attractive and everyone wants to feel like someone's flirting with them or whatever. Excuse me, I'm just having some kind of nasal issue. Uh, probably because I've been talking for so long. Um, but curiosity and intent, I think that's where the, the line is drawn. So that's pretty good. Um, so other responses, physical interaction is cheating for me, but also if someone is texting someone, um, cheating is defined by the physical. It's also the emotional side. So messages and texts, um, kissing, sex, dating. I don't consider flirty texts cheating. Okay, that's an interesting one. She doesn't consider. I think that's a she. Anyway, let me zoom. It's a she. Um, she doesn't consider flirty texts cheating. Um, I'd kind of question that to a certain extent because, like, an ongoing flirty text interaction I mean that would upset me I think and I think I'd I might I might actually put up a follow-up poll on on Instagram about this but like I would love to know how many of you think that a flirty kind of an ongoing flirty conversation with someone over message is like what you think of that is that cheating or is that completely above board and fine um because maybe one or two messages no anything beyond that I feel like it's going into intent and curiosity you know uh kind of area and that's a bit a bit dodgy and what else so there's another uh seeking out someone seeking someone out for something that isn't friendship okay that's yeah and cheating is if my partner actively pursues someone in a sexual or romantic way um One of the responses here says an emotional moment with someone. I'm going to disagree there because I just had an emotional moment with someone in Centra and because I feel so like just I'm wearing my heart in my sleeve this week, good or bad. Um, So I don't know if you can have emotional moments with someone. Like I remember being in a relationship, I was in a relationship with uh, not not my husband, someone else uh, a few years ago and I met a new, a a man, like he, he wasn't, um, I was just at a social kind of occasion or I think it might have have been a work thing. Anyway, I met someone and we chatted and we chatted for about an hour. And I swear to God, the connection we had, like, I mean, it was very intense. I was captivated by everything he said. I didn't necessarily immediately find him super attractive, but eventually um, over, over the course of the hour talking to him, I did. And I swear, I've never felt it before, but it felt like there was the room just had the two of us in it and I couldn't hear any of the noise around us. It was so like, I was just focused and intent on talking to him and everything he said, I was like, wow. And I was just, it was, it was incredible. And, um, 
Now he ha- he was in a relationship. I was in a relationship, so we both knew that there wasn't. It, we weren't flirting with each other. We were just we just had, as the lady said, an emotional moment. We just had like a real, real strong connection, and it never went anywhere. Nothing ever happened, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, but it was just, you know, I wouldn't consider that cheating because you can't control those things. And like when you're in a relationship, um, I think some people think that if you're in a relationship, it means all of your, um you know, capability for being attracted to someone else in a big, excuse me, in a big way, like a big attraction, like finding someone so, so attractive that you think I could potentially not just have sex with this person, but actually have a relationship with them because I find their personality and their, uh, they're like, you just find them really alluring or whatever it is. Um, but that doesn't switch off when you're in a relationship. Um, what the relationship is or when, you know, when you get married or when you make a commitment to someone to be with them forever or for however long, the commitment is, it's not saying I am never, ever going to fancy someone and I'm never going to have a connection with someone. What you're saying is, I am going to respect you enough that I won't pursue any of the occasions where I fancy someone or when I, when I have a connection with someone. And that that's the difference. Um, so yeah, I'll read more of the responses. Hiding messages or hiding people from your partner. And then there's another one down below there that says anything you wouldn't want your partner to know. I think those are the same and um, of the same ilk anyway. Hiding if like, yeah, if you're if you are hiding messages, it means that there's something whether they're completely they could be completely innocuous and, and nothing could be going on. But if you think that if your partner was to see them, they'd be upset or they'd question it or they'd be a bit like hmm, what's that about then? I think that's the line. Like there's, there are so, there's so much, there's so much of a grey area because, you know, there are so many partners out there who are very laid back and trusting and very kind of live and let live about the whole thing. Like, like that, that woman in, in the messages there who said that she doesn't consider a text conversation to be cheating. Like she, you know, she could find her partner in a text conversation with someone and not, you know, hit the roof like I might um, and be fine with it so there is a, a grey area but I think if you're being generally dishonest around someone like if there's if there's a particular person that you've met or that you're speaking to and you would rather that your partner didn't know you were talking to them I think that's a, a red flag um, okay so more responses any dishonest behaviour could be a text with the intent to possibly take it further yeah from texting someone else onwards um, let me see. Okay, there's more here. Anything, if you have to lie about it, then it's cheating, even emotionally. And yeah, that's the same sort of thing. If if it's something that you wouldn't want your partner to know or you wouldn't want to tell your partner, um, I think that's a that's a big one. Um, let me see here. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, 
like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Um, okay, so I have a message here about, I think we'll move on from the cheating thing because we've, I mean, basically I've run out of things to talk about and so that's why we're ending. Um, I've got a message here from someone who, okay, I'll just read it because no point me trying to explain and then bloody read it. Hi, Ashling. What should you do when you're when you think you're in love with a long-term friend? I've known a guy for close to eight years. We started off working together and then just been really good friends since. I don't I don't ever really get vibes off him that he's interested, but I feel like I wouldn't know anyway unless he'd outright say it. Had a massive crush on him for the first two years, but then that developed into something a bit more meaningful. Unsure whether I should say anything because it would honestly break my heart if I said it to him and he wasn't interested. So I've ne- I've never been in, re- in a relationship, so I'm really nervous to say anything. So when that question came in, my first thought was, um, I was like, well, she, if she's not getting vibes, then there's probably nothing there. But that's completely bonkers. I am a very good, well, <laughs> I'm about to give myself a compliment here. I think I'm very good at giving out vibes. Like if I meet someone and I'm like, I want to be friends with you, I think they're, they get the vibe. And if likewise, I meet someone and I fancy them, I think I'm quite good at alerting people to the fact that I fancy them. Not that I make a habit of doing that anymore, husband. But you know, I think I kind of am quite open with my I'm open with my vibes. <laughs> that sounds ridiculous. But do you know what I mean? I don't think I could hide that if I fancied someone or if I um, wanted someone to be my friend or whatever. Likewise, I can't hide it if I hate someone or if I dislike someone or if I have a bad feeling about someone. It's written all over my face. Um, I, I sometimes wish I could wear a mask because my emotions are literally built into my eyebrows. And I can thank my dad for that because he has the same eyebrows. Um. So anyway, yeah, the vibe thing, if that's the only thing you have to go on, that's kind of, that's a problem because you can't really tell from someone giving vibes or not giving vibes. You might not be picking up on it. They might not be putting it out for fear that it would be rejected. Who knows? He could be feeling, I presume, did we say it was a he? Oh yeah. He, I don't want to, I don't want to assume it's a he, but he could be feeling like, he could be feeling the same thing. He could be thinking, I have a massive crush on her and I don't know if she feels the same. So that could be happening and he's just not giving vibes because he's afraid. Now, what I would, I'm, I'm assuming for the purposes of this that you're single and he's single. You say, oh yeah, you've said you're ne- you've never been in a relationship. So I'm assuming that you're single. I'm assuming that he's single. If he's not single, unfortunately, that that's where you have to bow out. So if he's in a relationship of any kind, whether it's long-term or new or whatever, this is where you have to take a step back because it's not, in your interest and I say this not because like I'm completely feckin' moral because I really am not like I have the same I've made the same mistakes and done the same questionable things that everybody else has but what I mean is for your own mental health there is no point pursuing someone or developing more feelings for someone or trying to you know ascertain a vibe from someone when they are in a relationship there's just no point because 
from your perspective, you're just going to frustrate yourself. You're just going to make yourself more upset and you're going to make yourself... It's going to almost turn from I really, really like this person into like a mini obsession and it'll become all you can think about and all you can focus on. And there is something appealing. Like we all know this, like there is something appealing about someone you can't get. Do you know what I mean? Am I saying that right? I don't know what that, I'm sure there's a word for it, but it's not coming to me. Um, the, what do they call it? The, the, not taboo. I'm thinking of that, that scene in Friends where Ross is saying that something's, something is wrong. They can't have a toaster oven in the, in the office and they also can't date students. What is the word? Anyway, whatever it is, when something is wrong, like when something is a bit bold or you're not allowed to be doing something or you shouldn't be feeling a certain way that makes it more exciting and more appealing and um, which is why so many infidelities happen because you know those first flushes of um exciting kind of attraction um are very powerful but don't get into it if he's in a relationship is the bottom line um if he becomes single by all means but if he's in a relationship just steer clear completely um apart from that then what i would say is you at the moment have a bit of an unrequited love situation going on if you say nothing to him that will continue that's that's your baseline you will not be with him you will have an unrequited love you won't have said anything and you'll go on with your life and he'll probably go on with his life and nothing will ever happen so that's option one option two is that you say something to him now you don't have to march over with like you know a backdrop and fecking 12 red roses and a card and say I've loved you from afar for months and now I think we should finally start this romance that has all been in my head like you don't have to do that you don't have to embarrass yourself but what you could say is you know if he's did she say she works with him no they've just oh they, she started off working with him and now she's been, okay so I'm not I don't, I don't know what the situation is now but what you could do is shoot Manel Instagram message or you know social media is wonderful for this sort of thing shoot him a message and be like hey haven't seen it in a while. Do you want to go for coffee? And then if he gets back and says, uh, uh, mm, uh, uh, mm, don't know, then you can be like, okay, maybe he's not interested. If he gets back and says, yeah, that'd be lovely actually, then off you go on your way to potentially finding out if he has the same feelings for you. So option one is say nothing and exist as you're existing and never know. Option two is say something and yes, there's a 50% chance he could be rejected, but there's also a 50% chance that he could say yes or he could respond positively. And so saying something ups your chances of getting with him by 50%. It also granted ups your chances of you being a bit heartbroken by 50%, but that's kind of where you're at now. Do you know what I mean? So like, I'm not a mathematician and I'm certainly not any, I haven't got any skills in, in probability. Nobody's going to be hiring me as an actuary anytime soon. But those odds aren't bad. So I think that would be my um, my advice on that one. Um, let me see. I have another question here. Mm-mm-mm-mm. Sorry, guys. I'm just going to take a pause. Again, I'd love to bring in a song here or like throw over to the news or something like that. That'd be handy. I wish Scout could do like a mini broadcast from the corner. He's on location. She's on location, I should say. Okay, so here it is. I found it. So this one, this will have to be the last question because I actually can't talk. I'm, I feel, I'm, I'm getting fed up of listening to my own voice for once, for the first time probably. Um, okay, so the question starts. How to regain trust in a relationship? 
the boyfriend, I presume yeah, her, her, her boyfriend, the boyfriend lied nearly two years the the boyfriend lied nearly two years to me oh for nearly two years to me about something but lies are my Achilles heel in a relationship and I haven't been able to rebuild the trust I now question everything he says he hasn't apologized no sorry (laughs) he has apologized for it sorry I'm painting him with a bad brush here he has apologized for it and hates that I can't forgive him and move on from it other than that one thing he has no other faults as in I'm treated so well in my previous relationship, there was infidelity, hence why it's so difficult for me. Please help. Okay, so I like that. I mean, 10 out of 10 for him having no other faults apart from, you know, briefly lying. Um, but that's, you're doing pretty well there because, you know, plenty of people have more than one fault. So, you know, that's pretty good. Um, the trust thing, though, is absolutely massive I'm not going to lie to you like in a relationship if you haven't got trust it's kind of like it kind of eats away at you doesn't it like that's it's you kind of can say it'll be fine who needs trust I mean I do trust him and you can you can fake it and you can say yeah of course I trust him yeah absolutely but then if you don't have trust in a relationship you're you can you can see you can picture the scene like we've all been there where you're in a relationship with someone you, you don't necessarily trust or, or you don't you think might be up to something or whatever and you're like every time that you pick, they pick up their phone which I mean I, I don't know what the stats are on that but I have a ridiculous number of phone pickups a day I think I might have like a hundred and something pickups a day and I'm forever grateful to Apple for informing me of those ridiculous statistics but if you yeah however often your your other half picks up their phone you're going to wonder, is that a message coming in from someone? Are they texting someone else? Are they doing something behind my back? Then anytime they go out of the house without you, which I mean, no couple is is permanently glued together. Um, you're going to question where are they going? Are they going where they say they're going? And even if the, the, the break or the breach of trust wasn't necessarily about infidelity uh, or cheating, it you know, if, if the, the lie was about something else, even still, you know, once the trust is gone, all of those things are called into question. So whenever your partner leaves the house like that, you're going, are they really going to there? And then you're sitting at home and they say, OK, I'll be home at nine and nine o'clock comes and goes and you're sitting there and it eats away and eats away and eats away. It's like a virus and it just gets at you. And that has no way to live, lads. Like, it really, really isn't. Um, I would much rather be alone and comfortable with my feelings. Like, as in comfortable sitting there, you know, watching The Apprentice or whatever it is, than in a relationship where you're sitting there and you're, like, panicked and in in a nervous sweat because you're wondering what could your partner potentially be doing or where he is or who he's with or is he is he where he says he is etc I think trust is a massive massive thing in a relationship and if you don't have it it can and also you know in a way it's it's unfair on your other half then because like this um this listener says um the boyfriend lied for nearly two years to me about something, but liars are my Achilles heel and I haven't been able to rebuild the trust. I now question everything he says. He has apologised for it and hates that I can't forgive him. So this person is obviously finished up with their lying, I mean, you'd hope, and hates that their partner still holds it against them. So the lying and the 
mistrust or distrust. I don't know if it's distrust or mistrust in this situation. But anyway, nobody's going to call the grammar police on me because I am the grammar police. Um, Yeah, the partner has apologised for it and still this woman can't let it go. And so that must feel awful for that person. And now granted, maybe don't lie in the first place, step one. Do you know what I mean? Like we're not saying he's completely absolved of all his sins, but at the same time, everyone makes mistakes and a lie he told a couple of years ago is still hanging around like a bad smell. So that would not only eat you up, but it'd eat your partner up as well because they're they're thinking, I made one mistake and I can't. It, it's not being dropped and it's not it's not going away. Um, on the subject then of like rebuilding the trust, you know, no matter what the breach is, no matter what happens that breaks it, once it's broken, it's very difficult to repair, but it is doable and it takes time and it takes actions rather than words. So if your partner is saying to you repeatedly, I'm so sorry, I didn't mean to do that and I'll never do it again, but then continues to do small things that make you not trust them. Like even, and this it probably sounds petty, but say, I don't know, say hypothetically your partner cheated on you and then you broke up and got back together or whatever. Or even if you didn't break up, like there's lots of people that stay with the partner after after a cheating incident has happened. After that, then they might do something small. They can apologize and apologize and apologize, but then they do something small. Like they say, for instance, I'm going to super value. And in actual fact, they go to Tesco and you find out that they were at Tesco because someone saw them there. They can come home and you can say, here, you told me you're going to super value and you were actually at Tesco. What the hell is that about? And they go well, what the fuck is the big deal? Like, why are you ragging on me for this? And you're not, it's, you don't, you know, it doesn't matter a jot to you which supermarket they went to. It's the, it's the notion that they were slightly dishonest. And that's, you know, that's what it comes down to because your partner is going to feel constantly attacked. You're going to feel constantly on edge. You're going to be always looking out for evidence of, of deception. You're going to turn into fucking, Wagatha Christie. That's actually a topical story for the week with the whole Colleen Rooney thing and um, Rebecca Vardy. Um, you'll turn into a little investigative journalist and you'll be trying to track his movements and you'll put a fucking, you know, a bug in his arm when he's asleep and um, all sorts. Actually, that Rebecca Vardy thing, actually, my husband said to me the other day when it all broke, he went, so uh, who's Colleen Vardy? And I was like, oh, don't make me explain it to you. Just read Twitter. Twitter's on fire today. Why aren't you there? Anyway, I digress. If you have a breach of trust in a relationship, whether it's you that has broken trust, whether it's your partner that's broken trust, it takes time and it takes communication and it takes action over words. So when I when I say action over words, you can say you're sorry and you can say you're trustworthy all the live long day. But if your actions don't reflect that and if you don't do things that continually reinforce the trust in in your relationship, like simple things like being on time or following through on things that you say you're going to do, those are all small ways of rebuilding trust. So even if something like, would you mind emptying the dishwasher there? And they go, yeah, absolutely. I'll do that now. Do that now. Don't go off and do it two hours later. Follow through on those small things and trust will slowly start to rebuild. And it sounds trivial and it sounds like, you know, I'm I'm making it making little of it, like by by saying those little actions are important, but they are important. And they like it's it's those tiny like if you look at it like you've smashed a mirror and the glass is everywhere and and 
every single time you make a small act of, you know, just follow through or following through on, on something you said you would do or following through or being completely transparent about something that you might not necessarily need to be transparent about. Every time that happens, a little piece of glass is put back into the frame and slowly but surely, you know, the mirror builds itself back up. And there's a stupid internet thing that says, you know, trust is like a mirror. Once it's broken, you might be able to still see a reflection, but you can always see the crack and whatever. Some shite somebody made up. Those stupid Pinterest people have a lot to answer for. But anyway, you can build back the trust is what I'm getting at. Within reason, obviously, um, and repeated breaks of the trust or repeated breaches of trust in a relationship are not ideal. And if it's a case where, you know, your partner lied a couple of years ago and they're still lying to you now or your partner did something that you consider unforgivable. I'm not saying, yeah, the trust can, you know, re- be, be rebuilt. It, it, in a lot of situations, it can't. But in this particular situation, it seems as though your partner seemed to have you know, apologise for what happened. You seem to want to forgive them and you're just saying that you're struggling to let it go because lying is your Achilles heel in a relationship, which, by the way, I think lying is everyone's Achilles heel in a relationship. I don't think there's a person that's in a relationship that's like, liest? Yeah, work away, hon. Like, I really don't think that's the case. But trust can be rebuilt by actions rather than words. So if you want to communicate that to your partner, if you want to be like, look, I'm struggling. I'm really struggling to trust you again after what happened a couple of years ago I need you to just be there for me and follow through on things that you say you're going to do that's you know like I always shy on about communication in relationships but it really is the number one thing if you're having a feeling and it's it's a feeling that's consuming you and on you the whole time tell your partner there's literally nothing to lose there's literally nothing to lose because it's something that you're feeling they need to know if they're going to be able to fix it at all like a lot of people come to me for advice um about things that, you know, they're saying, well, my partner does this or my partner does this and it really annoys me. And I'm like, okay, step one, have you ever communicated the fact that it annoys you? And they go, well, no, I don't want to sound like a bitch. Well, are you going to just sit and be unhappy in in yourself while they work away doing something that they're completely unaware annoys you? The best thing to do is approach them, tell them what, what it is that they're doing at least they're aware of it then. And then if they continue to do it, you can go, well, actually, you're a bit of a prick really, aren't you? Whereas if you are operating under the illusion that they're just going to somehow change magically because you think them into doing it, that's probably not going to happen. Um, and it's the same with trust. If you are struggling to trust your partner, talk to them about it. Let them know that you're having that feeling. They, they are gonna, they're going to understand because they'll know that the trust was broken. They're not in the dark about that. At least I should hope they're not. And then they can at least go, okay, well, what would make you feel more comfortable? Would it make you feel more comfortable if I did X, Y, and Z? And I'm not saying you have to turn into one of those, you know, partners or girlfriends or whatever. That's like, please text me every time you move from pub to pub. Or please tell me who exactly you're out with at all times. Please tell me, please go around the pub now and head count the amount of women and tell me how many out of that number are physically attractive. Like nobody wants to be going out with that person. But what I'm saying is figure out a way between the two of you that you can develop, um, develop the trust and develop the bond again. And the most important thing is if you've ever broken anyone's trust, and this counts for um, platonic relationships and work relationships and romantic relationships if you've ever broken anyone's trust 
following through on small things is the best way to rebuild it. So, and I really, really mean small things. Like I mean the tiniest of things. So I think that'd probably be my best advice there. You have to work on forgiving the person, but they also have to, you know, it has to be a 50-50 sort of buzz. So you can, you should speak to your other half and say, look, I am struggling a bit to trust you, but this would help if you could do these things. And within reason, lay out a couple of things and just be like, look, it would make me feel miles better if we could operate under these kind of terms for a while, just until I start to feel a bit better and then go from there. And speaking of going from there, I'm going to go from here because I actually don't think I have any words left. I think I've used them all in this episode. Um, and I kind of, the the usual, any regular listeners will know that my usual outro is to say, uh, will you share the podcast and tell people, tell your friends and tell your family. But I did it at the top. I did it, I did it earlier and you don't want to hear that again. So I'm just going to be real fast. I'm going to go home and I'm going to stew in my own period induced rage juices that's a nice visual but I am I'm going to go home and just absolutely I think I might send off a few rage emails that always makes me feel better or I might like ring one of my mates and just talk about like I don't know some actor that pisses me off for no reason just get my rage out and try and go home later um, or when I finally see my husband later be in good form Maisie always helps that of course but that's what I'm going to do that's the plan so this was a shorter episode than normal I think Um, but next week I promise there'll be a guest you won't have to listen to me for shy on for another however 40 minutes Um, and thanks so much as usual for listening sorry I was in bad form actually no Joe I'm not sorry I take it back everyone has bad days I take it back good evening have a great weekend or whatever love you loads Stay safe. Stay safe. Stay safe. I fucked it. I fucked it. I got to the end and then I fucked it. Over now. Back to you in studio, Sharon. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.